to the Change Log episode 0.2.5. I'm Adam Stakoviak. And I am Wynn Nevelin. We cover what's fresh and new in the world of open source. If you found us on iTunes, we're also on the web at thechangelog.com. We're also up on GitHub. You can check out some training repos, some feature repos from our blog, as well as our audio podcasts. If you're on Twitter, you can check us out at Change Log Show, not the Change Log. And I'm Adam Stack. And I'm Penguin, P-E-N-G-W-Y-N-N. I had fun talking to Dmitry Bernovsky from RaphaelJS this week. That's quite the name, huh? It is. You know your name's long when uh, Twitter truncates your name and you try to choose it as a screen name. Oh, man. <laughs> cool project from Dimitri, uh, Raphael, and its counterpart, Graphael, which I didn't get at first. I was kept calling it G-Raphael, and he finally said, <laughs> you know, Graphael. It's like, That's oh, funny. Because yeah. when uh, Raphael does, it's a cool um, graphics library for JavaScript, and Graphael does graphs based on that. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. Some nice-looking yeah. nice graphs. Uh, that uses SVG under the hood instead of Canvas, which is kind of old school, but it's got... It's some advantages, as Dimitri gets into. Speaking of JavaScript, we'll be at Texas JavaScript June 5th. That's right, over in Austin. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. It's got quite the lineup. I mean, it's in our backyard. We have to go, right? It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's not quite JSConf, but hey, everything's bigger in Texas, right? That's true. That's true. Cool. Well, I bet you're ready to see what we talked about. Let's, let's get to the episode, yes. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> We're joined by Dimitri Baranovsky from Raphael.js. Dimitri, I want you to tell the folks who you are and a little bit about Raphael. Okay. Uh, I work as a software architect at AXT.js, and Raphael has started as my side project about two years ago. Uh, it's uh, pretty much an adapter for vector graphics on the web. So it's a JavaScript library to draw some vector stuff. So what sort of project were you uh, creating when when you uh, created Raphael to, to solve the problem? Uh, there were no any projects. I just created as a side, you know. Just for exper- fun? Yeah, just an experiment. I was playing around. I was uh, creating, like, drawing stuff. Oh, it would be fun, you know, to draw something cross-browser. So, like, and I, you know, have been playing with SVG a long time ago. I don't know, in year 2002 or something like that. And I was like, oh, I could use SVG now here, here, and there. And, you know, Explorer has VML, so maybe I could create function circle, which will draw a circle for me across browser. So I did. And, I, oh, now I could do now I could do this, now I could do that. And then I show it to my colleagues, especially to Lachlan Hardy, who heavily supported me. They're like, oh, dude, it's awesome. <laughs> you should create a library from it. Oh, sure, okay, well, you know, it still has lots of bugs and lots of things not covered, but because it has such a great support, I decided to actually release it after probably about two months working on it. I think, okay, it's ready to show it off. And so that's a lot of work for a side project, especially to uh, to manage the the you know cross-platform nature between SVG and, and VML. So did you... Set out started uh, to support VML for Internet Explorer out of the box, or did that come later? No, it was in the beginning because you know I'm as a web developer. I feel like if I can't do this, whatever I'm doing cross browser, then it's just a toy. It's not real. 
And uh, if I will do something, okay, I can do, you know, draw these amazing things in Canvas, but it only works in Chrome, for example, then it's just a toy, yeah, yeah, okay, good. Can you use it really somewhere? No. So... For the folks that might the, not, you know, understand, uh, haven't dealt with uh, graphics and, and JavaScript that much, explain the difference between Canvas and, and SVG and the different approaches. Right, so... That's basically why I choose SVG instead of Canvas, because uh, I had a choice of Canvas and SVG, and I could pick up anything. And I choose SVG because it's closer to VML, because in difference to Canvas, SVG allows you to create elements, just like any DOM elements, like you could create div and span, the same way you could create circle and rectangle. And uh, then, you know, change the attributes. So in Canvas, you just spray separate with pixels, you create a model of circle, then you say paint this circle on canvas, and you have just a bunch of pixels, you can't really take it back and update. You have to keep your model and basically redraw a circle if you want to make it, I don't know, red. You have to clean the canvas, draw it again with new shapes. And in the SVG, you actually operate with DOM elements. As a result, you could attach on click events to circles, on mouse hover to curves, or whatever else you could think about. And the VML is basically the same. The VML is historically a grandfather of SVG, so they share the same concept. It's only that VML has a terrible API. Just terrible API. So recently you released 1.4 of Raphael, and it includes touch event support. Was this just for fun, or did you have a, a need to, to take this project to the mobile platform? This already was not basically for fun because I was doing some another project for AXT uh, and uh, it was like a small side project but I need to have drag and drop in iPad uh, and uh, you know I, I was try, I was writing just a code for this because you could just write everything straight in JavaScript and then I decided well it would be nice to have it actually as a part of the library as soon as I'm writing it anyway. So I just include it into the library, make it more generic, make it nicer, and yeah, and then just decide to release it. You've got one of the better demo pages for a lot of JavaScript plugins mm -hmm. or any plugins for that matter. Uh, do you have any sort of design background, or how did how did you create uh, such sexy charts? Well, I was a senior designer once in my career, but I uh, quit this job because I hate to be a designer. It's very unthankful because everybody has their the opinion on everything, if it's about design. When it's about code, it's people less opinionated. You could create perfect code. I mean, imagine you wouldn't like to create function which adds to numbers. You're pretty, I'm pretty sure you could write a code which is perfect. Right? When you need to draw a circle, then everybody thinks, oh, it's too big, it's too small. What color it should be? Should it be black? Should it be red? I like green. And it's... <laughs> such a nightmare, so I quit design job and because I like to code as well, so I just start more coding, less designing and I obviously like, have lack of experience in design because of that, but that's okay, I have enough design you know, knowledge to just roll up a site, which is, looks not ugly, <laughs> and that's <laughs> enough. So you were telling me earlier that the project, I guess, is uh, a little over two years old now that you, the first release was on 8.08 .08 of 8. 
Um, when did the graphing component of uh, G. Raphael begin? The Raphael began when I was doing some, well, I was working for Atlassian and uh, I was doing some charting solutions for the Fisher and Crucible product. I was I have like a second man on this team and I was doing the charting stuff and I was about to do charting plugins for a long time and I did some preparation and this kind of kick off for me to actually do some real coding. So as a part of my work, I also was coding this uh, charting solution then I released it. I think it didn't end up to be in Crucible at the end, but you know, now we have this charting thing. I, ha I, ha I hope to come back to it and actually work on it because I really like it and I didn't have time to write dictation. I hope to the moment when this will be online I will write something. But I'm, I, Trying not to promise anything, because I'm just one guy with a family and day job, and <laughs> this is all side side things. We should mention that you're in Australia. So, what's it like running an open source project from the other side of the globe and and listing uh, users via Twitter and social media? Well, you know, it's like if you never experienced anything else, it's pretty much. Okay, so I wake up in the morning, I read the tweets, and then during the day nothing happening, I could just work. And then next day I have another tweets. So I can't reply to people straight away, but you know, it's not, not that bad. Not, not much difference to being in Australia. It's actually kind of annoying you kind of have to be in Silicon Valley to do, to do something. It's not much happening outside. And why not? It's just internet, right? Sure. So it should be like possible to do it anyway. It's just for some reason, everything is concentrated geographically in U.S. and Silicon Valley in particular. Absolutely. You know, uh, it seems like there's been a pattern of uh, really sharp rubius that I've met in, uh, in New South Wales even. And that's where you're located, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I know a couple of people from uh, Ruby development and they're pretty smart and they're doing great things and I don't know, it, it's like living in Australia is better than in the US, I'm pretty sure about that, <laughs> otherwise otherwise I will move, <laughs> but it's much better to live here and I'm working currently for XTGS and this is a company based in, uh, in Silicon Valley but I work remotely. Yeah, it works pretty good so far. Is JavaScript your primary language, or, or are you in other uh, server platforms? No, JavaScript is my only language, which I name when people ask me about languages I know, because, well, I know a bit of PHP, a bit of Ruby, a bit of uh, XSL, uh, but obviously HTML, CSS, but I never, never mentioned that and just, yeah, I know JavaScript, that's it. Because JavaScript, I know the rest. I just you know have acquaintance of language. Not really happy to be a PHP developer, for example. What about Node.js? Played with that at any? Well, yeah, I played a bit, uh, and I had a nice chat with Ryan on JS Conf recently. It's it's a bit low uh, low level for me at the moment. Uh, not in terms of language, but in terms of what you can do. 
because I'm such a you know I'm front end of his design exposure, not a front end developer of his back end exposure as much. So Node.js look for me just like you know it's great that I could write in a language I know, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> sure. You're but gonna... I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there will be lots of things emerging in the Node.js, like uh, lots of frameworks on top of it, and later soon I'm I'm like holding my hand on proofs, and I will pretty sure that I will you know encounter it again in my career anytime soon. Coming back to the client side for a moment, you're really pushing the envelope with both of these projects from an interactive standpoint of you know kind of what uh, traditionally is a, a Flash or even Java. Um, space, right? But you're doing this in straight up uh, JavaScript and uh, and SVG. So, what are the limits as you see them in doing this sort of thing in in the browser? What sort of applications are still not quite available to the front end uh, JavaScript developer? Well, the limits are in the browser itself. So, the performance is an issue. Uh, the SVG is not, I don't think it's, there are a lot of work done by browser vendors on optimizing SVG at the moment. So like making it render faster, do things faster, uh, because it obviously lags when you put a lot of objects in SVG. Because the page, like in general, the page will you know run slowly if you put like 10,000 DOM elements on it and will try to animate them at once. But it's not something which happens when you're building the web pages. But in case of SVG, in case of graphics, there's something which could happen. You could animate a lot of objects at once, but there's not much optimization done on the browser side. I heard about IE9, we're going to use some hardware acceleration for the rendering. That would be awesome, but that's like a future. Uh, that's pretty much it. Apart from that, as soon as HTML5 became a reality with video tag, with audio tag, with SVG full support, and ability to you know embed video inside SVG, like Opera does pretty good at this point on supporting the H standards. But again, if all this became reality, if performance will have as a big hit as a JavaScript. Uh, performance, for example, like recently, as you know, we have this all lots of big, fast JavaScript engines coming out, so, but that's not enough. It's, JavaScript is fast, but DOM rendering is still quite slow. As soon as it will be faster, I don't know, there are like not much limits left. What's your, yes. your favorite browser to work with from both a development standpoint and from a, a performance standpoint? Well, I work with Safari. That's my default browser. Uh, but that's like unusual choice, I know. <laughs> I'm developing. I'm developing in Firefox most of the time uh, because of Firebug, obviously. And basically, I develop in Safari and Firefox because Firebug has issues and Web Web Inspector has issues. But fortunately, they have usually different issues, so you could kind of cover things with both and well yeah and testing other other browsers but I'm not really a fan of Chrome I don't like it just personal from a uh, rendering aspect or from a just a usability aspect no the rendering aspect is good it just I just don't like UI of it but you know 
It's just just me. I know everybody likes everybody I know likes Chrome, but me, I don't what, like Chrome. What level of debug support is available in uh, both Firebug and the, the development inspector inside of the WebKit browsers for SVG? Well, the latest Firefox is pretty good. So you could click on the circle to inspect element. It will give you the circle thing. It doesn't. I think Firebug doesn't highlight it properly at the moment. While Safari highlights it, but it has a bugs with a, you know, figure out where the bounding box of an element in case of SVG. Uh, but in general, yeah, it, it works pretty well. I mean, it's just a DOM, so you, you could open it up, you could change its coordinates and stuff. It's right in Firebug or Web Inspector. Uh, regarding generic JavaScript debugging, it's, well, it's well-known things. It's pretty much average everywhere at the moment. So, yeah. Do you have a favorite JavaScript framework? Raphael. <laughs> Outside of the graphics area. Yeah, well, I use jQuery if I need to do something quickly. Uh, but, well, I'm not a big, big fan of jQuery. I think it's a it has some issues somewhere. Well, but I'm you know I'm JavaScript developer and I I know that this is a everything has issues. And Raphael has lots of issues. And, uh, I haven't seen perfect framework so far. So the uh, the thing about jQuery has very nice API and if, if you use Raphael, you will notice I will just take this API and use it in in, in Raphael, trying to make it as funky. Uh, in terms of possibilities, if I need to develop web app, well, of course, I like XTGS, but, you know, I'm a bit based point. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't really look into other frameworks outside of it. You said you mentioned uh, that this was created as a side project early on. Is it still just a side project, or you got some items in production with this framework? It, it, it's still a side project. It's still just me working on it. So as soon as it's just one developer, you can't call it serious project. It's still a side thing. Uh, but, you know, it's like my hobby. I'm passionate about it. So, you know, when you're passionate about something, it changes everything. It doesn't matter how many people work on it if you like it. Closing actually, in on uh, a thousand watchers on on GitHub, uh, how has the community for Raphael grown since GitHub? Uh, since you moved your code over to GitHub, well, not much, I should say, not as much as I expected. I mean, I know there are some people who like it. I know there are people who love it even, uh, but I can't really see much contributions to the project. So I was I was hoping that you know. I will release it on GitHub and people will say, like, hey, I found a bug and here's a page for it. And it will happen like each week, at least once. I will lie if I will say nobody will ever submit me a useful page. But if there was like five, it's a good number. I think it was less than that. So lots of lots of patches coming which are totally useless and people just, I, I could see some people just submitting the page for sake of submitting a page. And, you know, like, oh, I submitted the page to Raphael, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> but most of the time I reject them because they 
useless. And if, if I like them, usually I rewrite them and not really a page, but actually just, just fixing the bugs uh, my way because, well, I'm quite picky about the code, especially in Raphael, because I want it to be perfect in my vision because it's the only place where I can do that. So everywhere you, everywhere you work, you have you know work related standards, and you could you know you should be able to write the code so the other developers in the team will understand it. In case of Raphael, I don't care much about understanding this by other developers as soon as I can understand it. So I'm pretty sure that in a year I could open it up and I could understand everything. So that's enough for me. Uh, somebody else could not understand it, but that's not my problem really. And it's also sort of like a, you know, a saving from, you know, having even more stupid patches. So most of, most of, well, I'm pretty sure a lot of people who just open codes are like, I don't even know how it works and close it up. And that's good. So they don't deserve to, you know, to be decent. <laughs> sort of a benevolent dictator there for your own project. Well, you, that's a good thing. You should, you should be a dictator, otherwise your project will die in pain. Uh, I'm like I'm very very strong on it, and I have I have like run into some conflicts with the guys who was telling me, hey, it's open source, why I can't add this feature to it? And well, it's open source means you can read it, and it doesn't mean you should you able to write anything you wish because otherwise it will be a mess and chaos, because everybody have their opinion, and you know, Raphael is opinionated project, as well as Graphael. I receive uh, people are complaining that Graphael when you're creating a pie chart. You can't put more than 10 segments on the pie. And I say yes, because I don't want you to create ugly charts with my library. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Can't I, I put ugly it charts with, with my uh, graphing library. Nice. Because people will create ugly things with Raphael. I'm pretty sure about that. I saw a couple. <laughs> you can't prevent this from happening, but I can do as much as I can to prevent this from happening. Well, have you added that to your license that uh, you can use this code as long as you don't create ugly pie charts? I should probably, yes. <laughs> well, I see about 10 plugins for Raphael. Do you have an like, official plugin API or are these just extractions that you built along the way? No, there is a plugin API for the Raphael as well as jQuery has. So you could write raphael.fn.method name and put the function or method name put functional elements. So it's all it's all documented, it's all official. Uh, I I have a you know a plan to create a plugin page on RaphaelJS.com. So you know people could search for plugins and submit some plugins to some you know centralized location. Uh, just you know question of time. Because I have this plan. I know something which would be awesome to have. Just you know. I have it on my to-do list, but not the next point. <laughs> so I will do it eventually. I'm uh, taking a peek inside of your test folder here to see if I could see a favorite testing framework, because testing JavaScript's always a challenge. Do you have one? No. I don't look at test folder. I should delete it. It's, <laughs> it's, leg it's legacy folder. I created once, but it really I'm not using. Well, the thing is about Raphael, I still can't find a good solution to test the framework because it's so visual. And uh, if you create a circle, for example, and you ask Dom, is circle there? Dom will say yes. But is circle actually looking good? Is it actually vis visible on the screen? Is it actually 
so cool. Is it anti-aliased? Is it like all these things? You can't really ask the code from this. You have to look at it. You make an animation. Is animation smooth? Is it really going the right path when you're doing the animation? Is it like there's so many things. Basically, I use like the demos on the page is pretty much my test suit. So I run the demos across all the browsers before each release, and they should work because they kind of covering the whole aspects of Raphael. Because they were emerging as soon as I was adding new features, you could you know look at the demos, you could see how they coming up. So as soon as I add new feature, I create new demo and I put the demo on the page. So each demo kind of tests for the new feature of the library. And running all the demos together will you know, pretty much cover all the features library has. What's the variance between each uh, browser out there? I know that you know, there's subtleties in even the way that each browser renders fonts and things, and as a designer that bugs me to no end. What about for SVG? Is there, are there subtleties in a way a circle is drawn? Well, if you talk about SVG, then SVG-supported browser does things pretty, pretty good. I can't really spot the difference much. The VML has obviously its own way of, in, of drawing stuff. And uh, like the biggest thing if you will notice if you start using Raphael is uh, if you draw a rectangle and stroke it with one pixel line, the line will be between two pixels. It wouldn't match to pixel grid in SVG because the middle of the line is laying between pixels. Mm. And when you make one pixel width of the line, it's trying to kind of draw it between pixels so it actually looks like a two-pixel line. You know, but great a bit so because of anti-aliasing. And the VML will try to match pixel grid to actually make it one pixel. And this is a small inconsistency I don't really know how to fight. I was trying to do it before and I just rolled it back my changes because it didn't work. People start complaining, hey, why all my uh, drawings shifted half pixel? Because they're trying to emulate VML, but it's not always work as well, so it's much more complicated and uh, maybe I will find a solution one day. But in case of VML, yeah, the rendering is quite different. Uh, the SVG-based browsers are pretty much rendering these things uh, the same way. There are lots of uh, inconsistencies in support of features of SVG, like filters, for example, are not really well supported at the moment, uh, like some other things. But they generally, if you draw this circle or square, you wouldn't spot it between I don't know, Safari and Firefox, for example. Well, to keep this episode commute-friendly for those folks that are listening uh, on the way to the office, uh, we'll, we'll need to wrap it up. And uh, we do that at the end of each episode by asking uh, our guests what's on their open-source radar. So are there any open-source projects that have you excited that uh, you really want to play with that you haven't yet? All of them. <laughs> and especially the ones I didn't find yet. <laughs> do you play mostly with just JavaScript or...? Well, mostly with the JavaScript, yes. Uh, but I'm usually try. you know, I like to pick up something open source and usually I approach any open source project with, with a, you know, and then I dig into code and then I sometimes say, like, oh, it's not actually as bad. 
What about templating? Uh, something like Mustache.js or any of those templating frameworks? I have like a discussion just yesterday about templating, and uh, basically, my like you know, I, I work as for three years. I work as XSLT developer, which is basically templating Kai. And I have my very strong opinion that templates shouldn't have a logic inside. And that's like, we could discuss another 30 minutes on that, but just <laughs> to be short, I'm pretty sure this is disaster. It's like a hole which is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. As soon as you have some logic, it's like bad. And uh, I suggested recently the templating mechanism, which very small framework, about 100 lines of code, which just used strings as a template, and all logics is belong in JavaScript, which makes, which makes sense because logic should be written in a language which was designed to write logic, and you don't need to know yet another language to do this. And there are lots of lots of things, and there's like, I know it's like, a, <clears throat> if I will blog about it, I will have like 10,000 comments that I'm an idiot, but uh, I, I don't care. <laughs> I know, I know that I am right because I was working with templates, and I, I, I know that the having logic is always a problem because people are trying to put there a lot of things, much more than templates should handle. And then you have to read it; you have to have double parsing in your head, so you have to parse template into whatever HTML it generates, for example. And then you actually need to parse HTML to understand what it does, and that's like double parsing is not really something we humans are doing well. So. I am big, 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 you know, on the point that templates shouldn't have logic inside. So should we look for a new tippling framework from Dimitri soon that has no logic built in? I would release this framework if I didn't expect that people will hate me for that and it wouldn't be ever popular at all. <laughs> so I probably wouldn't. I could release it. It's like it's already written. It's like, I don't know, altogether it's 200 lines of code probably with examples. So... But I don't think it's something which you know, people will appreciate. Well, so. throw it out there, and then when people fork it, then you don't have to accept the patches, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. It's, it's not a project that you need to support then. And, you know, I have, I have problems with Graphael. I was trying to find uh, somebody who will, you know, support, just, you know, hold the Graphail. I, just, I was twittering, like, hey, who want to own Graphail? I gave it to you for free. And nobody, <laughs> you know, and people reply, yeah, I can. Say, okay, could you write documentation for it? And, uh, yeah, maybe next year, yeah, so, so nobody did. So, I, okay, I have to do things myself if I want to do this properly. <laughs> so, I, I will work on documentation. Uh, Free framework to good home and documentation. Thanks for joining us, Dimitri. Thanks for taking time out of uh, your lunch hour over there and uh, yes, sitting thank down you. with us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Changelog. Point your browser to tail.thechangelog.com to find out what's going on right now in open source. Also, be sure to head to github.com forward slash explore to catch up on trending and feature repos, as well as the latest episodes of The Changelog. <laughs>